What's really good? Welcome back to another episode of The Sanchez Show, the sports podcast influenced by hip-hop. I'm your host, Eric Sanchez, a.k.a. Legend in Two Games. Make sure you follow me across all social media platforms. Again, that's Legend in Two Games, L-E-G-E-N-D-I-N-T-W-O-G-A-M-E-S. Shoot me a like, shoot me a comment. And as always, I open up the platform for anyone who wants to have a good sports debate. So if you've got a topic or an idea you want to hear discussed on the show, don't hesitate to send it over. With that being said, it is Wednesday, September 30th. I wanted to come uh, give you guys my NBA Finals uh, thoughts and predictions before the games kick off. We're about two hours away from tip-off. Um, so we're going to keep it strictly NBA today. I do know that MLB playoffs have recently started, and we'll get into that a little later. Um, if you listen to the previous episode, I did mention that. I didn't want to get too in-depth with uh, predictions for this first round because I thought it would be a crazy first round. You know, a best two out of three is very unorthodox for, for normal baseball playoffs, but it is what it is. But with that being said, let's get into some NBA talk. Um, NBA Finals start tonight, Lakers and Miami Heat. Um, I'm not too surprised by the matchup we have. Uh, now, granted, if you've been following me, you know I had the Miami Heat getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. I didn't have them going all the way to the Finals. Um, but nonetheless, I thought they were a good enough team to at least be in the conference finals. The Lakers, um, all year I've been very critical of their supporting cast. As much as I love their big two, uh, I was never really sure or confident in the other guys. You know, Danny Green, Caldwell Pope, Kuzma, um, Caruso. But nonetheless, Braun and AD have done it and they got them to this point. And I'm very intrigued by these finals. Uh, I've played out the scenario multiple times in my head, and I, I think there's really a case to be made for the Miami Heat being able to upset the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, there, there are some aspects of this series, I think, that favor the Miami Heat. Miami Heat are a better three-point shooting team. I think Miami Heat have the better head coach. I think the Miami Heat have more depth um, in their rotations than the Lakers. But we can't overlook the fact that the Lakers have the best two players in this series, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Um, Frank Vogel's no slouch either. I, I don't want to downplay his contributions as a head coach to this team and make it seem as if Eric Spolster is going to coach our circles around him. No, I, I think Vogel will come up with some concepts and game plans and X's and O's type stuff that, that'll help his team overcome some of their shortcomings. Um, but ultimately, he's got the best two players in this series, and it's really just up to him not to mess it up. As long as he doesn't mess it up, they'll have an opportunity to win this series. And so my prediction for this series is going to be Lakers in seven games. That's how highly I think of this Miami Heat team. That's how good I think this Miami Heat team is. And I don't know if there's a true scenario where the Miami Heat will get to knock out this Laker team before seven games. I, I hear, I've, I've heard some people throw out the comparison that, uh, this Miami Heat team is, is very similar to that Piston team in the early 2000s that beat Kobe and Shaq with Carl Malone and Gary Payton. Um, I see some of the sim similarities just because they're a defensive-minded, very tough and rugged team similar to those Pistons teams. Um, but this, this Miami team is a way uh, better and a far more advanced offensive team than those Pistons teams were. But the, the reason to my point of I don't see a scenario where they beat them before seven games it's just because we know LeBron and AD will get the calls in crunch time. You know, if, if this series is tight, 1-1, 2-2, 2-1, in that range of games, 
LeBron is going to go to the foul line a lot. Anthony Davis is going to go to the foul line a lot. We saw it in the in the Denver series when that series started to get a little interesting. You know, Lakers jump up 2-0, Denver wins game three. Denver has a legitimate shot to win game four. And then by the end of game four, we look at the stat line and we say LeBron and AD went to the free throw line almost 30 times combined. Uh, Jokic was in foul trouble all series. So there will be moments, I'm sure, myself as a fan and as, as just a student of the game where I'm going to wonder, you know, about certain calls and, and certain situations that players are getting themselves in foul trouble, might be ticky-tack fouls, might be phantom calls. And that's not to say that Braun and AD don't deserve them, but it, it is what it is. We know when you're playing superstars and you're playing the best player in the game right now, you got to go up against the refs too. And that's why I don't think there really is a scenario where the Miami Heat can win this before seven games. Because hypothetically, if the Miami Heat go up 3-2 in the series and go into game six, we would be fools to think LeBron isn't going to get to the free throw line 15 or 20 times. We would be fools to think Jimmy Butler might end up in foul trouble in a game six if Miami's up 3-2 or Bam Adebayo is in foul trouble if they're up 3-2. Those are things that are, that are going to happen. And as the underdog, you've got to overcome them. And I really like this Miami team. Don't get me wrong. I really like them. I just think the storyline has already been created where this is LeBron's finals. And unless the Lakers are just horrible shooting the ball, unless the Lakers play themselves out of this series, the refs are going to give the Lakers every opportunity to win any close game moving forward. If game one tonight is close, I guarantee you, that LeBron James and AD will, will just have a, a parade through the free throw line. I guarantee you we will see those guys constantly at the line if the game is close tonight. I guarantee you the refs will not allow the Miami Heat to be as physical with Braun and AD as they were in the previous series with Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker and Jalen Brown. I promise you that. So for me, I think the teams are evenly matched. I think Miami's three-point shooting could be the great uh, equalizer or difference maker, I should say, in this series. Because if, if they shoot the ball well, and they didn't even shoot the ball well against Boston, they were just very timely three-pointers. But if they shoot the ball well, the same way we saw them do against Milwaukee and Indiana early in the playoffs, it could be a, a very, very long series and tough series for AD and Braun. Um, but nonetheless, I'm taking Lakers in seven. Things are going to be a good one. Things are going to be competitive. Some of the matchups, you know, that I'm going to be looking forward to is Bam Adebayo against Anthony Davis. Um, two all-stars, two guys who have, I mean, AD's been making a name for himself for quite some time. But if you follow the show, you'll know that before the playoffs started, I felt AD had the biggest target on his back coming into these playoffs compared to any other player. Um, aside from Giannis, I thought Giannis maybe had a, a bigger target, but AD was second on my list because AD for a long time, we've considered him a top five player and he hadn't had his moment. He hadn't had the opportunity to play with all the stakes on the line and he's getting that opportunity this time. So he's played well. He had some moments in the Denver series where he struggled. He didn't shoot the ball too well, but overall he's played very well. And now he gets an opportunity to cement his legacy and to kind of, certify what we've all said about him kind of solidify everything that we thought about him so ad bam is going to be a very interesting storyline i think bam is a, a a really good young player he's one of the future stars of this game um 
I think for a little while he was overlooked because of the situation. Miami wasn't a contender previously. He wasn't a, a top 10 uh, draft pick. He was a lottery pick, but wasn't top 10. And so he was in a situation where he was kind of getting overlooked. And I think now the spotlight is on him and people are going to start paying more attention to him moving forward. So that matchup is very interesting to me. Um, if the Lakers can stay big in this series, because they love to keep two big men on the floor, whether it's Dwight and AD or Javel and AD, they love to keep two big so that they can kill you on the boards and really impose their will defensively in the paint. And against Miami, I think that will be a little tough because Miami shoots the ball well from three. And the last thing you want is Dwight Howard being put in pick and rolls and, and being put in tough positions to have to guard out on the perimeter consistently. He can do it once, once in a blue, but consistently guarding out on the perimeter, he, he, won't, he won't be as effective in that role. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. Um, I'm interested to see, again, the depth of Miami against really the core of what the Lakers bring. Because we know a majority of the Lakers' contribution will come from Braun, AD. Um, They're always looking for that third score, and they would love for it to be Kuzma. And then obviously the contributions of Rondo, because Rondo is such a great floor leader in general and also a guy who gives you a lot defensively. That's where their contributions come from. Whereas on the flip, Miami can go 9, 10, even 11 deep if necessary. So if they're knocking down shots, they can wear you down over the course of a game and then ultimately over the course of a series. And I will say, just look back at the series against Boston, man. Um, Series went six. There were at least three different instances where Boston had leads in the second half, what most teams would consider comfortable leads, where Miami was able to wear them down. Some of it was their depth. Some of it was their zone defense, which is my next point. Will Miami unveil that zone defense in this series? Because I think LeBron can unlock that zone defense. And I think LeBron processes the information so quick on the court that the moment you show him that zone two, three times, he's going to figure out where the necessary pass needs to go and where he needs to set up his, his uh, teammates. So will Miami trust that zone? Or will it be something that we only saw for Boston and here they'll play straight up man-to-man defense? Um, Eric Spolstra against Frank Vogel is another storyline I'm interested in. Eric Spolstra has gotten the best of Frank Vogel in the past when Frank Vogel was the coach of the Indiana Pacers. And they met twice in the Eastern Conference Finals and Spolstra got the best of them. And now, yes, Spolstra had LeBron James on his team and Vogel has LeBron this time. But I also think that we can't overlook the, the comfort and the understanding of what another coach is trying to present to you, along with the fact that Spolstra knows LeBron very well. They spent four years together. So he knows him very well, and he has a pretty good understanding of how he wants to attack LeBron and what he can do to slow down LeBron. LeBron is, is a more mature player at this point, but we still can't overlook what Spolstra may know. So those are some of the things I'm looking forward to and some of the things I'm going to be paying attention to. Again, I think it's going to be a great series. Um, Lakers in seven, though I would not be surprised if Miami finds a way to pull it out. They're a very tough, gritty team, and uh, it's a well-deserved trip for them at this point. They, they were the underdogs in two of their last series, um, you know, against Milwaukee and against Boston, and both times they imposed their will and they imposed their style of play. And now this becomes the ultimate test. Can they do it against the Lakers? And on the flip side, you know, uh, I, I don't agree with the narrative that some people thrown out there that the Lakers had, had it easy to get to the finals. It was st- still a tough road 
uh, no matter who you've got to face because you got to play whoever's in front of you. But I will say this is the toughest team that the Lakers have had to face so far in these playoffs. So both these teams are up for a test. I think that they haven't seen yet and one that's going to let us know a lot about their teams. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. Lakers in seven. Let me know what you guys think. Um, before we go to, I wanted, I wanted to get into this Doc Rivers news that broke. Uh, he's stepping away from the Clippers and we haven't heard a, um, a true formal um, announcement on why. Um, I'm interested to see why. I'm interested to hear why. We, we know some things have trickled down um, in regards to their elimination and Paul Pierce trying to address the team and the team kind of brushing them off and Pierce, I mean, uh, uh, Paul George, sorry, I said Paul Pierce, Paul George, um, trying to address, address the team. And I'm, I'm, I wonder if Doc really did lose the locker room there. You know, um, when we, when we look back and obviously hindsight is 2020 and it's easy to nitpick it now because they fell well short of their goal. But when we look back on it and we look at the regular season and there were some rumblings that guys weren't too happy of, about the star treatment that Kawhi and George were getting. And then we fast forward to the bubble and, you know, Lou Will leaves the bubble and gets caught, you know, at the strip club. And Pat Bev doesn't really play any of the qualifying games, really. Um, I think he only played in one qualifying game before the playoffs started. And Montrez missed some time. Um, you know, and then you they had other moves of adding guys like Morris and adding Jackson. I wonder if he did lose the locker room. I wonder if there were just so many moving parts that it was too too much to keep a handle on and, and too much to keep it a tight-knit group. And ultimately, uh, Steve Ballmer, the owner of the Clippers, just decided, you know what, we've got to go in a different direction. We need a new voice, which is, is still a little shocking, um, you know, because Doc is a, is a NBA champion. And, yes, I know Doc has coached three teams that have blown 3-1 leads. But nonetheless, Doc is probably the best coach in Clipper history. So to let him go now when I'm pretty sure Kawhi – and PG were intrigued by the opportunity to play for him is, is a little shocking to me, but I'm interested to see how this all plays out. Ultimately, I think Doc lost control of the locker room. I think it was just too many moving parts. And I think the ownership saw it, and I think some of the guys in the locker room felt it. Um, he tried, I think he tried to play nice guy too, too much with them. But we got to see how it plays out. That's just my thoughts on it, man. With that being said, make sure you continue to tune into the Sanchez Show. Uh, shoot me a like, shoot me a comment. And as I always say, platform is open for anybody who wants to have a great sports debate. Also, make sure you follow me across all social media platforms. It's Legend in Two Games, completely spelled out. L-E-G-E-N-D-I-N-T-W-O-G-A-M-E-S. With that being said, we appreciate the support. We out of here.